to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good morning. Welcome into the podcast. Today is June 7th, 2022. I'm Jay. And today, going to start, jump right into Proby Corner, first segment of the podcast. You know, we talk a lot about, hey, what does a good Proby do? What don't they do? All these sorts of things. Well, one of the things I want to start with is, is before you become a probationary firefighter, it's about choosing a department because that's important. There are great departments, there are good departments, there are average departments, and there are departments that, frankly, they suck at what they do. Thankfully, on the lower end of the spectrum, not as many. There are average, good, and great departments all over. But I want to talk about uh, some fear here. And I want to tell you what to fear. Fear the department that doesn't train you. Seriously. If you're not training regularly, you're not learning. And as a probationary firefighter, and look, this goes all the way up, but we're talking about probies. As a probie, you can only get better through repetition. Repetition comes through training. Repetition comes through responding to calls, putting those skill sets into play. So many young firefighters are just happy to get a job that that they don't think, you know, um, it's great that I've got this firefighting gig. It is. I love it. want to do it. Whatever. But... You have to be good at it, too. Nobody ever got good at firefighting looking at a book. It's just the way it is. Nobody ever got good or great at firefighting by not responding to calls. You only get better at something the more you do it. And, and again, we can look everywhere to see that. Um, so fear the department that doesn't train. Because here's, the, here's what leadership in a department that doesn't train is telling you. We don't care. You know that, That's what they're telling you. Fear that. It's enough to get the pat on the backs and people coming around saying good job and all that. And you, it's, it's good. It's good for all firefighters to hear that. They don't hear it enough in many cases. But fear the department that doesn't train. Fear the department that says, well, we've met all our obligations for this year. And you can't recall five separate trainings that you did. Now, the more calls you respond to, and you're putting your skills into, into play. Um, training's still important. It is, even for those. But, again, we go back to that repetition, building that, that skill level. And you're not going to do that sitting in a class for a week and, and only doing a little hands-on on the fifth day. You're just not going to do it, guys. I mean, you're just not. You can get paperwork. That's fine. Um, end of the day, you can burn that. That's what's going to happen to you if you think that the, the, uh, the certification means anything outside of acknowledging that you need to learn more. It's just the way it is. Um, so fear the department that doesn't train regularly. Fear the department that doesn't emphasize victims and fire. What do I mean by that? Well, people get into a lackadaisical mode. We all do. I don't care who you are, how motivated you are. It's so easy to slip into it. Organizations do the same thing. Fire departments do the same thing. Some fire departments think, you know what, we're, we're really kicking ass here. We really are. We're doing great. And you realize that they're spinning their wheels. 
you know, training doesn't ever emphasize, you know what, we got to save people's lives here. We've got to prevent. We've got to be able to put ourselves in the right spots. Instead, you have people who are really good at things that have no connection whatsoever to on scene, whether it's a medical, fire, you know, anything. I don't care what it is. If your department is not, not emphasizing victims, i.e., take care of them and fire slash whatever, if they're not emphasizing that, your department doesn't care about you. They just don't. I don't care what they say. I don't care how much they're paying you. If they're not emphasizing training on a regular basis, if they're not emphasizing victims and fire and so on, they don't care. And, and please, you know, when people say, well, they're just too busy, no, they're not. It's in the name of the department. Imagine for a second pilots uh, not emphasizing their flying skills, right? Would you want to fly a plane? In a plane with a pilot who doesn't care about flying skills, only cares that their paperwork's up to date so that the National Transportation Safety Board doesn't ding them on something if an accident happens. That, my friends, is a recipe for failure across the board. And again, if you're a probie, if you're considering going to a different department or you're considering a department for the first time, ask the people there. Watch a little bit. See what's going on. You'll be shocked sometimes. So I got a challenge from, uh, from another podcaster who challenged me to do my list of the best. And <laughs> I, uh, I listened to his. Um, he sent me a thing and a clip, and so I listened to his, and, and now I'm going to do mine. His will be out, I guess, within the next month. I'm just going to go ahead and do mine. Um, so his first question was, what's the best tool? Well, I guess if you're talking in general, the fire department tool is still the Halligan. Multi-purpose, um, there are a million things you can do with a Halligan that, uh, yeah, there may be other tools that, that can do just as good on a particular, um, you know, point of forcible entry, whatever the case may be. But if I'm taking one tool, I'm taking a Halligan. Um, I don't know how whether he will agree or disagree, but the right answer is Halligan. Uh, okay, what was his next one? Uh, what do you think? Um, fog stream or smooth? Uh, smooth bore. Uh, smooth bore every time. Um, fog has its has its applications. Uh, when you're hot, when you're really hot, you can turn one on and stand under it. Get that nice uh, dispersion, dispersion there, and it's all nice, really nice. But if you're going into a fire, if you're fighting fire, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take smoothbore almost every time. What, in my opinion, is or who, in my opinion, is building the best rescues right now? Uh, well, for me, it'll be a walk-in, always a walk-in. Um, I like the fact that you're you're there with the tools. Um, you step off the truck. You're already you're already ready to go. Um, and, and right now, I think Pierce makes uh, probably the best heavy duty rescue. Uh, there are others out there that are great, but we're talking about this year for 2022. I'm going with the Pierce walk-in. Best ladder truck. Well, I'm going to go a mid mount, and there are several that that 
manufacturers to make really good mid mounts. But again, I'm going with Pearson this one. Uh, they're mid mount, um, well built. They get them out of the factory to you um, as quick as anyone, and they withstand the test of time if they're taken care of. And that's the same with every piece of apparatus. I don't care who makes it. If you're not maintaining them, if you don't have a preventive maintenance uh, system in place, if you don't implement one, when you get that rig, it's going to have issues. No matter who builds it, doesn't matter. You know, um, that's just the way it goes. But but for me, going back to the rescue right now, it's the Pierce walk-in. I'm always... Uh, Looking at others, obviously there's so many good ones out there, but this year I'm giving it to, to uh, excuse me, ladder truck, mid-mount. Um, I'm giving it to Pierce this year on their mid-mount. Again, there are good manufacturers out there. It's hard to go against an aerial scope. Um, you know, I, they're almost neck and neck for me this year, but, but I'll go with the mid-mount by Pierce. Best engine. Well, Last year, or no, year before when I, I wrote an article and I uh, was talking about the best engines and, and I went through a bunch of them. But this year I'm going to go through one, um, go with one that, that has some, it has durability, it's proven, and it gets you in and out of tight spaces. And that's, that's an E1. Um, you know, I'm always reminded of Boston and, and their selection of, of E1s. Um, the wheelbase, and to be blunt, I was on an E1 that was designed specifically uh, low profile. It was the first one they'd ever done. It was low profile, uh, meant to get in, a in, in and out of very tight spaces. I, I drove it, rode in it um, for, a, for a while. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, never had any issues with it. Um, drove well, took corners extremely well. Um, and, and this year I'm going with E1 too because I, I think that that uh, engines are their strength. They make they make good ladders. They they make decent rescues, but I still think E1 their engines are their strength. This year I'm going with the E1. Um, on the next episode we're gonna we're gonna go down the list of uh, uh, a few more items that that he put in there. But uh, you know here's the thing. It used to be. Um, 20, 25 years ago, that the distance between manufacturers, like you, you had a couple of top quality manufacturers, and then it fell off after that. I mean, it did, um, and and it fell off. And it was a precipitous drop too. I mean, it, it was it was massive. The the distance. In many cases, the distances have been closed. Um, so you can get a good engine ladder rescue brush truck whatever command vehicle you can get a good one uh, from from a number of manufacturers uh, and it, you know what i'm going to do one more let, let me do one more i'm going to take this one off of tomorrow and do it, it brush truck um i'm always prone to go with the smaller companies when it goes to brush when it comes to brush trucks in part because um they're willing to test the limits of things that, you know, you're not going to spend half a million dollars or a million dollars on a, on a standard brush truck, not going to do it. So you can afford to be a little bit more, Hmm, let, let's look at what's offered. I don't think anyone does it better than Skeeter S K E S K E E T E R out of Texas. I've, um, 
had the opportunity. I've, I've looked two over now, um, one that was coming through the area in which I lived, and I'd written to the company, um, to a representative, and, and they stopped at a place near where I live. I looked it over, took some pictures, and another one that's in service uh, when I was heading back uh, where I used to live on a trip, and I stopped and looked at it. I, I love them to death. Uh, I think that they're well-built. Um, it's a forward-looking company. Um, it's a different name, isn't it? Skeeter? I like it. Uh, but more importantly, they just seem to be durable. And brush trucks are taken into places. Other vehicles don't go. Um, it's an investment to be sure. Just like everything you, you buy in the fire service is an investment. I think you get, the re I think you get a return on your money here that's exceptional. Um, which is the reason why I go with the Pierce Walk-In Rescue and, and the Mid-Mount by Pierce and the Engine by E1. I think you get a good return on your investment. Now, here's where people, and I know I'm going to get flooded um, with, with emails uh, here shortly because everyone has their opinion, and I, hey, I get it. You may have an E1, it may suck. You may have a Pierce, it may suck, um, and so on and so forth. Individual vehicles being pushed out, that it happens. It happens to everybody. It really does. If you don't take care of them, sorry. You deserve it. I hate to say it, but it's the way it is. You know, fire apparatus should be checked every single day. They should be run the same. Aero devices, you have to take them out. You have to set them up. You have to put them through their paces. And that needs to be done on a regular basis. It does. You can't spend that money, park them in a bay, run them on calls, and never do anything to them and expect them to last. Um, I know lots of representatives from companies that laugh at departments who, who say, you know, yeah, well, there's something wrong with this truck again. No joke, you never took care of it. That's what happens. Apparatus are made to be utilized. They're, if you buy a rig for a parade, if the parade's the most, you know, the toughest duty your rig's going to go through, you know what? Oh, well, if you're not going to change the fluids, if you're not going to look at things, and this is the other thing. You watch guys who check off trucks and in the morning, you know, and, and you watch them, and I've watched them for a very long time. I've done it myself. Um, the more thorough you are, the better it is for the apparatus, obviously for your professionalism and your future as well. The bottom line is always this. They need to be checked off. And if they're not, bad things happen, oh well. That's the way that goes. Part two of that will be on the next episode tomorrow. I want to kind of segue into uh, some, some news that, that I think is going to be coming out pretty soon. Um, lawsuits. Um, and, and some of them about hiring practices with respect to cronyism. You know, no matter who you are, fire chief, fire cadet, doesn't matter. You can't promise people jobs and say you're definitely going to get a job before the process takes place. It is especially bad when you get caught doing that. It's even worse when there are, there's paperwork and or audio that has you offering jobs. Saying, just come on over. We're going to hire you. 
it's hard to p- feel sympathetic for people who do that. There, there are very, you know, whether you like it or not, there are, uh, there's a certain strictness to the laws with respect to hiring people. And everybody thinks everybody else is their friend when they're offering them a job. The absolute best thing to do when somebody asks you about hiring them is to say something along the lines of this. We have an open and competitive process. I urge you to apply. If that's said to everybody, man, you'll never have a problem. It's an open, which means it's open to everyone. It's competitive, which means that you're going to go with the best candidates. I urge you to apply. If they're interested, you're urging them to apply. They show interest by asking. If you tell them, oh, yeah, we got a job for you over there. Just you know, put in your application. We're going to hook you up. You broke the law. You did. Um, and it stinks. It does. But that's the way it is. You can't promise jobs to people. You know, this isn't Uncle Buck's watermelon farm. You know, that's a little bit different. Uncle Buck can do whatever he wants to with respect to his watermelon farm. Um, within reason. Even Uncle Buck can only do so much. But my point is, you have to be smart about this stuff. I, I hate when these small-minded people think that could never happen to us because you know what? The, the mayor's my buddy and we're a small town and golly and nothing can happen. Absolutely not. That is preposterous. You have to follow the law. And the people who do this are going to get bit. And I know one that's fixing to. They're fixing to get bit and they have no earthly idea. Um, and that's unfortunate. You can't promise jobs to people just can't you can't really you shouldn't be promising anyone even your current employees oh yeah you're going to get promoted don't worry about it. you can't do that you know the best thing to say to employees that want to get promoted i'll use the same line it's an open and competitive process and i urge you to apply <laughs> you can't go wrong you really can't um it, it just makes sense to do it that way you know, don't hint at any type of favoritism because it will come back to haunt you. It will, and it does. Finally today, I want to touch a little bit on scene safety. Um, we, we see it throughout the year where people cross boundaries. They, they come on to scenes that, that they shouldn't be on to, you know, whether it's driving, you know, driving over supply hose, um, you know, getting within the, the cordoned off the area of a car accident and, and uh, whether it's on an interstate or a major secondary road, small road, doesn't matter. I saw something yesterday. Um, uh, this didn't involve a fire department, by the way, but it makes you think. Before you send people out onto a roadway to block off a road, it's important, you no, know, it's vital that they understand that cars don't stop on a dime. So for example, let's say you're using traffic cones, right? Just saying, if you're gonna use traffic cones, you can't build a wall of cones right behind the vehicle on, on any road and expect people to come up and suddenly stop. People have to be warned. There has to be a diminishing of that lane. So you put your cones out so that the lane you're trying to block 
access to it starts diminishing, meaning they have to get over. Here's something else, and somebody else said this yesterday, and but I agree with it 100%. Cones are not magical. They don't stop a thing. Think about that. If you put cones out, and you think that that's going to stop people from running over cones and hitting you, you need to rethink your life because you're thinking wrong. The bottom line is those cones are merely a warning. They're not connected to bells. You still need to watch traffic. And if you're not watching traffic, somebody needs to be watching traffic. The best thing to do with those cones is put a vehicle between yourself and whatever you're working on. And again, this wasn't in the fire service, but it's a, a good lesson for everybody. Um, cars cause a lot of damage. We all know that. They cause damage to cars, to, to structures, and they cause a significant amount of damage to the human body. Think about what you're doing. That's the key. Awareness. Um, don't think for a second that... that Cones will stop a vehicle. They won't. They're a warning. And about the lowest form of warning you can go, you know, unless you're putting out giant concrete cones, and, and we don't do that. So um, it's important, again, to, to think about that and to keep your eye on traffic. People don't magically stop. That's going to do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe.